Welcome to Merrickville. Better stick around, Sydney. Lots on, including Moon Man. He's back, and I'll tell you right now, we are letting him off the leash today, aren't we, Liam? We're yeah, yeah, him we, off the leash we pushed officially. him. We pushed him to after five o'clock. No, the sexy new time. Yeah, the sexy new time. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about Lawrence Mooney and sexy in the same it's sentence. It made me a bit ill. I know, just teasing, sexy new time, Lawrence yeah. Mooney. Because there's, there's a red light going off in the studio. After five o'clock, he can say the things that he can't say between, between four, four and five. five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're not safe for kids and cars moment. <laughs> After five o'clock, Mooney off the chain. We'll also be speaking to Brandon Flowers from The Killers, and we'll be hearing their brand new track, The Man. That's just minutes away. Some more disturbing news about Australians attempting to go to hotspots around, namely, around the world, namely Syria. Uh, to possibly enlist themselves in terrorist activities. Uh, today, the news broke. Joint counter-terror police have arrested a 22-year-old at Sydney Airport allegedly trying to travel to Syria to fight for Islamic State. The man from Panania is expected to be charged with preparations for incursion into a foreign country to commit acts of violence. This has been a protracted investigation and a covert investigation over a period of time. Thing is, we know now the law's not mucking around anymore. If, mm. they, if they even get a sniff that you're doing something dicey, that you're going to go to Syria and join up because you think it's a half good idea. Number one, it's not a good idea. And number two, the feds have got you. They've got you clamped. And you go to Goulburn and you've got a very, very long period of time to have a think about where you went wrong. Now, I don't know about this particular case, but there is the potential for this young man to spend a, an extraordinary amount of time incarcerated until they deem that, that he's either been reformed or there's not enough evidence or they've mistaken identity or whatever it is. Regardless, that bloke is going to have a concrete flaw Yeah, it's also while. It's also pretty reassuring to know that the authorities are onto these people yeah. that are planning this sort of activity. It's, yep. it's, it's a welcome piece of information for you know us. That, 100%. 100% Liam, it comforts me. I'm not going to lie. It does. And I think they do a great job. Good on them. Here's the thing, right? It's just the smallest infraction or suggestion that you may be involved with terrorism or support of ISIS in this country. It's such a massive flag now that, you know, maybe five years ago, if you were talking about it and there was a mild connection, it would have been brushed over. Now, the smallest connection, they're onto you to the point where... You have to be very careful about what you say. If you are seen to be in any way interested in Syria, you can go to Goulburn. And I'm not talking about stopping to see the big merino. I'm talking about going to jail in a supermax, right? So what did you do as soon as okay. you heard about this well, story this thing. morning, Miss? I'm not stupid enough to ever say that I would go to Syria or that I would ever have any interest in Syria because I'm, I'm a dickhead, but I'm not totally stupid. But I know that you can get in trouble. So when we're doing our research on this story today, we came up on uh, just Googling through stories. There was a tourism ad mm. for Syria that was only released a year ago. And it shows beautiful, you know, this kind amazing. Of all beachside stuff, really beautiful Mediterranean looking water. It could be anywhere in Europe Absolutely. or the Middle East. It looks great. It's a really, it's all shot on a drone, possibly the only one that doesn't kill. And... <laughs> It is sweeping views of the ocean. It's quite mm. amazing. Now, here the thing is, I'm not stupid enough to say, wow, that's a good advertisement. 
I'd like to go to Syria to do that. I'd never say that. I'd never want to. Of course not. Who would? It, no, because on radio, that's taken in a transcript now, mm. and you can end up in Supermax as mm. a result of that. The Australian I'm Federal not, Police definitely monitor this show. You can't look at that ad for Syria and say that you want to go there. You, I don't want to go there, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to get people from the office into the studio after they've had their lunch and pre-record them into tricking themselves into saying that they want to travel to Syria. Just for the record, can you state your full names for us? I'm Ken Rodriguez. Alana Burns. And Jenny Easterbrook. Okay, so this is a uh, video. It's a tourism video. Mm -hmm. I just want you to watch it. Okay, guys, what did you think of that city? It looked good. It was pretty good, didn't yeah. it? It looked beautiful, yeah. Very beachy. The water yeah. was very blue. Yes. Um, there looked very... like there'd be some interesting areas to go to. It looked very religious. Yeah, it looked really nice. Would you I'd, go there? I'd ha- I, well, I assume that I would go there, providing it was easy to get to. Yeah, Jim, would you go there? Yeah. Uh, would you go there, Kenny? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it looked pretty nice, like the beachside, and mm. then plenty of history within there. So it looked like a, a place you'd want to go to? Yeah. Where did you think it was? Um, I feel like it's a trick question, but I'm just going to throw not... one out there. I'm just going to say Peru. Is Peru in Europe? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's, in, that's, that's a good start. That's, that's a good start. That's actually about as far away from Europe as you can get outside of Australia. Oh. And where did you think it was alone? I don't know. Budapest? Okay. See, here's the thing. That is a, the most recent advertising campaign for tourism Syria. And here's the other thing too. In this country, if you state that you wish to go to Syria the way all three of you just did, <laughs> you are automatically put on a watch list. So all three of Thanks, you... Thanks, Maz. Yes, I've thank just you. put all three of you on an international watch list. At least the beaches didn't look as crowded as Bondi. <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. Cheaper as well. New slogan for Syria, Afghanistan by the sea. I love, I love how positive Jen was. She's come out of that and gone, yeah, but I, you know, less crowded than Bondi. It's great. Three great people with a great attitude that I have not seen for the last three hours, mysteriously. I'm sure they're <laughs> fine. And it's been four long years since we've heard anything from these guys. Well, somebody told me you had a boyfriend and we all just run away. You know you gotta help me out, yeah. When you were young, a friend of mine, girl, eyes. Cause I An absolute hit machine. That's right, of course, it's The Killers, and they're back with a brand new track. It's called The Man, and I've got the band's lead singer, Brandon Flowers, on the line. How are you, mate? Great, how are you? Very good indeed. Congratulations on your uh, your new and latest single, The Man, which is out now. Thank you. It's it's uh, been about five years since the release of your last album. Is it? Does it take you five years to make an album, or do you decide to have a few years off, do a solo project... <laughs> And then finally you get around just going, all right, time to gear up. No, uh, we got a, our guitar player and our bass player, they they want to take a, you know, a big break after a long tour. So I started to make solo records in those gaps. And then, you know, then then you start, then you get back into the studio. And, and before you know it, it's been, you know, a few years ago by. And when you're writing, when you're doing these solo albums, Brennan, are you still like kind of writing songs for the Killers? You know, do you get a song and you just go, "Nah, that's not so much a solo song. That'd be better for the Killers," and you kind of park it to the side for a little while until you, you regroup with the guys? I'm I'm definitely thinking about it. 
but you know, I'm, I'm trying to put my best foot forward always. And, and no matter what it is, once any type of song, once it's, you know, put through the killer's machine and, and everybody gets their, their hands on it, it's, it becomes, you know, very killer's esque, I guess. But um, in a perfect world, I wouldn't even make solo records. I would just, you know, make killer's records. Why do you not like your own music, Brandon? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mind. I, I I do it out of the you know it's sort of it was thrust upon me by the the other two guys wanting to take such long breaks. So you've you've already given some of your fans a sneak peek uh, from your upcoming album uh, with a song uh, "Run for Cover." You road tested this song for the fans in Atlantic City. How did how was it received, and how did you feel playing new material for the first time in five years to to an audience? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's always um, a little bit nerve wracking playing new songs, but it's also uh, refreshing, you know. I mean, we some of these songs we've played thousands of times, so it's it's nice. It keeps you on your toes. Do you, have you got to that point now where you're starting to, you know, like Led Zeppelin and other great bands in history, and the Beatles as well, where you start to go, okay, it's time to introduce some new musical instruments. Let's get a sitar. Who can play sitar? Who can play an instrument with 90 strings? Let's get that in. Let's get some bongos in and a xylophone. Are you at that point yet? Don't forget the didgeridoo. <laughs> We're not there yet. Tell us about this song, The Man. What What is it the song about? I mean, I presume, you know, with a lot of your songs, they're kind of, they've got a, a, a narrative to them. What's the narrative of The Man? This is about uh, a reflection on myself when I was a younger man. <laughs> and I um, didn't see what was coming. And I and I thought I was prepared for, for everything. And I, and I really wasn't. And I... Uh, was able to playfully, you know, put that into into this song, and, and then it's, I don't know, it's kind of a strange juxtaposition, but it's fun. Do you look back at you know the early stages of your career and think I, I didn't live in the moment enough? I mean, I know that's very very common with artists is they look back and think, wow, at the time it was all such a blur, and I didn't kind of live in the moment. Have you always kind of had an idea of living in the moment as a musician? I mean, you do your best. We, you know, it was all in the early days for us. It was everything was was so new, and it, it was it was exciting and it was thrilling, but it was also um, alien, you know, and it was strange. So I'm not, but we definitely enjoyed ourselves, and I, you know, I wouldn't change anything. It's been a few years since you've been on tour to Australia. We know that we're going to see you on our shores later this year. Uh, how do Australian audiences differ yeah. for you when you you see when you're performing to a sea of australian faces is there a different feel because i know that it's, it's different from country to country yeah we've always had uh, australia has been some of our best crowds uh, we've also been really lucky we've been there it's always summertime when we're there and it's beautiful out and i have nothing but, but fond memories of, of our, our gigs there well, we'll try to make sure that we've got some good weather when you return. And if not, then you know what? Frankly, you should just ditch us and go to Mexico where it's always fantastic. We don't deserve you. I'm sure it'll be great. Brandon Flowers, thank you very much for having a chat to me today. All right. Thank you. This is your station of origin. State of origin. Nothing hits you like Holden State of Origin. Feel it. Be there. Get your tickets to the only origin game in Sydney. Go to nrl.com slash tickets. Proudly, Sydney's Triple M. Yeah, slightly tricky one today for the origin based on your suburb. 
Here we go. Get your hands on the phone. Do you have an Irish pub in your suburb? So if you're listening in Dublin and you can make it to next, next week's Origin Clash, do you have an Irish pub in your suburb? Do you have an Irish pub in your suburb, Miss? No. You're in Lilyfield? Yeah, no. You, you, you... I have every other pub. There is, well, actually, the Three Weeds in Roselle, which is just around the corner from my joint, mm-hmm. the Three Weeds is actually, the Three Weeds signifies the Scottish thistle. Yep, it's not the Irish. English rose. It's not Irish. And the Irish clover. All right. Dick so goes. one thistle. <laughs> Smart I think I've been called that hey. since my 12-year-old cousin came around for a visit. Well, good, good. That means I'm regressing. <laughs> I don't even... I apologise. That was stupid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was asking for it. I was warning you. No, up. you were. Uh, no, well, the, the difficult one here is that uh, our producer, Maddie out in the airlock, is having to cross-check because we have people like Graham from Penrith who call up, um, regardless of whether he has an Irish pub or not. No, who cares? Get... So you want to take them at their word? Yeah, yeah, whatever. I trust you... I trust listeners. I, tr- I trust them like I trust myself. <laughs> We've got Rob in Wollongong. Is it Rob? We've got Rob? Who's, who have we got online? Or is my phone system knackered? Your phone, got? phone system might be knackered, but I think we've got, we go. uh, we've got Rob on the line. Yeah, we've got Rob. Rob. Hello, Merrick. How are you going? Very good indeed, mate. Have you got an Irish pub in your suburb of Wollongong, which is actually a city and it's not even in Sydney? Yes. Okay, what's the name of the Irish pub? Dicey Riley's. Mate, they're all dicey, so let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they should call it? They should just call it Irish Regret. Because I've never been into an Irish hotel, drunk there, left, and not regretted it. Well, Rob, this is true. Rob, what's, what street's Dicey Riley's on? Uh, Crown Street. Yeah, he's, Mate, he's, who cares? He's, Bl- I had Bl- to double check. Blarney Avenue. Who gives a rat's ass, Rob? <laughs> you're going to Origin. That's the important thing. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, good on you, mate. Sorry to put you through the ringer there. That was unnecessary. Should have taken you at face value, like I said. We should, but bloody producers don't trust you, Rob. I can handle that, mate. No, I, I can't. <laughs> Playing a song to make me stop talking. You can get your tickets to the only Origin game in Sydney. Go to nrl.com forward slash tickets. Just after five o'clock today, Lawrence Moonman Mooney will be joining me at the sexy new time of five o'clock and thinks they're going to get loose. Dave from Panania is excited. He's referring to <laughs> it as the cocktail hour on Twitter oh, at Merrickville FM. Very funny, mm. Dave. He's got some good ones. Hello, Dave. Uh, we're checking in with Moonman very shortly. Uh, an incident involving a very serious drive-by in Villawood. A man has been shot in the legs. Uh, not critical, uh, but obviously injured. Uh, a guy whose name is Imran Khan. It's an mm. interesting name to have. As a, not the for all not, cricket fans not out the there, cricket fans. It's not, not not the Pakistani the cricket cricketer, fan. not the cricket, they're not the cricket player. No, uh, a man has been shot in Villawood, and we're having a discussion today around the office. People going, Oh, yeah, well, that's pretty typical. Villawood, no surprise there. Bankstown, no surprise if it was there, no surprise if it was Lakemba. And I thought, Hang on a second, just let's stop this for a second. Not the only places in Sydney that have drive-bys. They're just the only places in Sydney that have drive-by shootings. There's lots of parts of Sydney that have their very own particular style of drive-by that just don't always use guns. Here's an example. Depending on where you live in Sydney, the term drive-by may have a completely different meaning. For example, we know that in Lakemba it means this. But a drive-by in Vaucluse is picking your dry cleaning up and tipping someone you think is Mexican because you've forgotten what country you live in. A drive-by in Cronulla is passing the foreshore to see if there's hot chicks in the line at Northies before committing to parking the car. 
A drive-by on the northern beaches is driving along the foreshore to check out surf conditions and then realising it's night time and you can't see anything other than the Angus and Julius Stone CD on the dash of your car. A drive-by in Lane Cove is when you drive by a leafy cul-de-sac to imagine where you'll move to when you've given up on trying to lead an interesting life. A drive-by in Stanmore is when you stop off at Macca's on the way home to dine in and then see the amount of fully hectic Nissan Sylvies in the car park and decide to just get takeaway instead of bumping into a bloke wearing a bum bag who has shaved lines into his eyebrows. A drive-by on the M5 is a no-drive-by. You get in your car and stop and watch other cars drive by in the opposite direction. And finally, a drive-by in Balmain is when you've got McHammond at the town hall with your mates from your old footy club and your wife Georgie has to put the kids in the car and drive by to pick you up out the front because you're too useless to get a taxi or walk home and the short five-minute drive back home is too long so she needs to do a second drive-by where she stops at the BWS so you can have a few travellers to make sure that that the last 800 metres of the journey goes smoothly. Love you, sweetheart. Got Lawrence Mooney in at the sexy new time of 10 past five. Moon man, ready to do yes. this? Life is pain. Very ouch. My sister wanted the scissors, so she came up and grabbed them, and I snatched them back, and then she stabbed me in the eye with them. <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs> Welcome to Merrickville's Hurt Locker. That's right, Hurt Locker's back. I know you love this movie, man. Of course, what we do is we uh, spin the wheel. We find what it's an obscure, uh, sometimes a redundant object or circumstance. And then we ask you to call through with the stories of how that thing has hurt you. Fruit Mm. has been one of the funniest ones. Mm. Fruit uh, and also um, sexual activity. No, yeah. we haven't done that no, one. We've, no, we haven't done that we yet. We haven't done that one, Lawrence. Haven't we? No. no. It's on the board at your request, but we haven't it done it yet. I'm sure we did a segment where we did sex injuries, No, we just we? we just talked oh. about it. Too. We talked about it on air, <laughs> off air, then back on air again, then no, off air didn't. some more. Remember that guy need yeah. his girlfriend's teeth in? Mm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. We did have that conversation. That was in a completely separate, that wasn't under the guise of Hurt okay. Locker, but Next week, it Roz, is on the board. At the Sexy New Time, we'll be doing that as well. Sex injuries. Let's uh, spin the wheel. Spoon. I can't wait till we get married. Telephone, boring. And it is on stationary. 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 Is it stationary or is it on stationary? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dad joke. Um, so stationary is my favourite thing. I, I love going to office works just to smell it. Oh, HP pencils, post-it notes, stapler. Oh, name it. I've got plastic pockets. I got investigated by the tax department once. The investigator came around and asked for, you know, records from a certain time. And I went and got two lever arch folders out and opened them up. And he clearly got aroused and went... Oh, Mr. Mooney, you keep very good records. <laughs> I said, I know. Seriously. He, <laughs> he couldn't leave the house for another 15 minutes. He couldn't stand up. Uh, I'm going to be honest. That's not the type of manila folder that turns uh, me on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've been to the Philippines for a manila folder. Um, I don't know uh, what that means. Let after five o'clock. You're right. No complaints. That's we why knew. I haven't dumped. We knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Everybody's... Don't say dump, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear that. Okay, so let's talk about injuries for hurt like a stationary injuries. I've actually got one. And I don't know whether or not this is an injury or just me being a moron. Mm-hmm. But when I was about oh, 14 or something like 13, 14, when I was in high school, I was in class and clearly I went to a public school because if you did this at a private school, you wouldn't be invited back. But I went, you know what? I want to pierce my ear, but I don't want all the hassle of going to a chemist and getting a professional to do it. Why would you? Why would you? When you can do it with a stapler. Oh, interesting. Because I would have thought maybe the compass is the uh, the sharpest object in the yeah in the pencil box. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Or you'd use a drawing pin. That was another one. I also pierced Mm. my ear with a drawing pin. After guess what? Turns out the stapler didn't work very effectively. It punched a hole in my ear and then got a very nasty infection. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't want to go into what happened when I used the stapler for the Prince Albert. It was not. Wow. <laughs> Did you use one of those big ones with the uh, copper staples in yes. that go through, you know, 1,300 documents? One of those. <laughs> and then I had to use that weird claw device thing. To oh, get yeah. them all out, because I did it multiple times. <laughs> Just pulling it out. <laughs> oh. Oh. Lawrence, have you been oh. injured by stationery? Yes, I have. Uh, I was at high school as well. Uh, I was injured by a compass, uh, wielded by a boy that got frightened. Uh, we weren't... <laughs> Just... <laughs> Boy, got it makes it sound like you've caged him and then, and then you crept up on him when he wasn't expecting you and he wheeled it around. There was a, there was a rowdy mob in the yeah. locker area and, uh, and Pally pulled out his compass and said, if you guys come near me, he knew he was up very for an atomic wedgie. Lord of and, the Flies. And he, it was very Lord of the Flies. And he punched through uh, the webbing between my thumb and my index finger. Oh. Went straight through. Oh, that's yeah. the owie part of the hand, isn't it? It didn't. It, it, it made a pop sound. It didn't really kind of hurt until you go. It's oh, through. It's a stingy Pow. hurt. It's a very stingy kind of hurt. Mm. Did it bleed much? Uh, it didn't bleed at first. It was one of those white wounds. Oh you know, yeah. Where you go? Oh, there's a hole there. Yeah. And and tissue, and then there's blood. Yeah, that's like the and, Prince Albert again. And uh, we put him in a locker. <laughs> we we actually put him in a hurt locker. One triple three five five three. We're doing hurt locker stationery today. Give us a call if you've been injured with stationery of any kind: staplers, rulers, pens, paper, cardboard. Somebody glue. angry at Office Works. Um, when did clag and coloured pencils turn on you? <laughs> That's what we're asking. Did you ever get the clag bottle, Loz? We're talking about stationery for Hurt Locker. That's what it is. If you've just tuned in, stationery is the key subject for Hurt Locker today. Did you ever get clag and read the label and it said non-toxic and you went, well, I'll just have a bit of a neat of it then? It, uh, no, I never did. It always had a bit of a stingy smell to it. But I was chief clagger on the uh, Christmas chain. Mm. And lanterns. Mm. That's right. the role that I took. I uh, think you, for some reason, I think you're still Chief Clagger in your house. Yeah, I, okay. I'm still making a lot of Christmas chains. I love the clag. It's good stuff, and it's very adhesive. 
But uh, Christmas is a special time of year, so let's move on. Okay. Hello, Amy in Barara. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. How, what, have you hurt yourself? What your... did you do, Amy? How did you hurt yourself with the stationery? I stapled myself in the forehead. Oh. <laughs> yes. How? Oh. How did you do that? In a sense, I kind of deserved it. Um, my dad had this tr- joke that he used to play on us where you put a staple in the sticky part of a post-it note, put it on your forehead, but you're meant to take the staples out of the stapler to then pretend as if you've stapled the post-it oh. note to your head. Oh, yeah. I was showing off and didn't take the staples out. Oh, and... I had two nice holes in my head for a few days. That is so wow. good, Amy. That is so good. Did you think about putting a ring through them and just like, <laughs> like a, my dream to pierce my ear with a stapler? That's. I think that's great that you accidentally stapled your head. You still have scars. Um, no, I don't mm. think I stapled it hard enough to have scars. It's, you'll be known as Amy, the girl who stapled her head. <laughs> the stapler. You are the stapler from now on. high school. What happened to Amy? She stapled her head. Mm. Mm. Amy. Let's get, thank you, Amy. I think you're fantastic. Let's get to Brendan in Sutherland. Hello, Brendan. How you going, guys? Very good indeed, mate. Stationary, how's it hurt you? So, not necessarily hurt, but this is my mum's favourite story she likes to tell. I was about six or seven at school, and I had this NRL branded pen. It had like a little football that bounced around when you click the pen. Oh, I cracked that open and I, was, I stuck that up my nose and I was shooting it out my nose for fun mm. and then stuck it too far up, couldn't get it back out. And the teacher had to call mum and say, I've got a football stuck up my nose. Can you come and get me? Okay. okay. <laughs> for starters, Brendan, we know your real name's Mr. Squiggle. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then went, went to the doctor and he couldn't get it out until he tried to, uh, he unfolded a paper clip and hooked that up my nose oh. and pulled it out. Oh, Hold on, the doctor was, used a paperclip. That's it. The doctor, the GP used a, a paperclip as his medical instrument. Wow. So hurt by stationery, cured by stationery. Yeah. It's a stationery on stationery story. <laughs> Ironically, still a lot of controversy yeah. with things being stuck up noses of an NRL <laughs> variety. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, of course, joining us from Shark Park. Oh. Um, <laughs> Aaron on the Central Coast, all right. Hey, Legends, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Oh. All right. For Hurt Locker, we're doing uh, stationery. Yes. So, um, long story short, my neighbours gave me a stationery kit when I was young and I was in year six. I took that stationery kit to school. I was in class. The stationery kit had a Stanley knife, like a paper knife. So I thought this was a good idea to have a muck around with. I've never used one before. Anyway, I um, got distracted by the girl sitting next to me, and lo and behold, I've, I've sliced my thumb completely in half, straight through the nail. Oh. It wasn't until it wasn't until all the kids in the class were actually screaming because I was um, spurting blood all over the other kids oh. in the class. Freaking awesome. <laughs> And what was that girl's name? Can you remember? Uh, I, I still actually remember her name. It was Lisa. Never spoke to her again. No, right. no, because she wanted to. Did, she wanted a friend who didn't cut off his own thumb with a Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what. The worst part was when I got to the doctor. Um, they to to put the anaesthetic in. They had to put the needle directly right in the middle of the um, cut. And to this day, oh. both my nails will not will not grow together. Oh, so you get a little oh. split there, like a little duck's foot. Yeah. 
You're pretty cool. Little, yeah, that's camel cool. toe on your thumb. <laughs> <laughs> At some stage, there's going to be a meeting of the cap. Okay, let's. Okay. <clears throat> Merrick. Ben in Mount Cola. Hello, oh, mate. That's awesome. Hey, gents. How you going? Very good indeed. All right. Stationary injury. Fire away. All right. When I was about seven or eight, I was uh, climbing a tree in my nana's backyard with a pair of scissors, Excellent. as you do. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Fe- okay. <laughs> Excellent. Fell out of the tree. Yes. Yep. And uh, to this day, I have about a 10 centimetre scar from top to bottom on my throat. Oh! Oh! Wow. So, okay, wow. So you held wow. on to the scissors or did you catch up with them mid-flight? To be honest, I don't quite remember. It was a while ago. Um, mm. Yeah. Mate, that's like a tracheotomy, if I'm not mistaken, when you put a bit of scissors in your throat gear. Close enough. Mate, you're lucky that you've actually, you're able to form speech. That you don't have a Hello, Lawrence. Hello, I was up man's tree and I fell out. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you're a lucky man. <laughs> oh, that, that's impressive too. But no, thank you, Ben. Isn't it funny how people hurting themselves brings so much delight to others? Mm, absolutely. What a happy world we live in. There's been a very interesting development, a leaked piece of audio, Loz, that I know that you'd be interested in. An off-the-record charity dinner mm. showing Malcolm Turnbull attempting an impression of US President Donald Trump. So last night, it is the midwinter ball traditionally in Canberra. And so both sides of politics come together and they roast one another a little bit. And uh, all the people in the audience are the press. So all the television and uh, newspaper press people are there and it's meant to be completely off the record. So both Bill Shorten and Malcolm Turnbull make these speeches that are always a little bit risque. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that... uh, because I was speaking to Bill Shorten's people yesterday, one of his jokes was, you know, that Noel Pearson recently described the Prime Minister using the C word. Well, one of Bill's jokes was, I don't know what Noel Pearson said about the Prime Minister, but I totally agree with him. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's all meant to be... Clearly his people are running the gear past you. They're running the gaze past Lawrence. (laughs) What does Lawrence think? Is it funny? Can we get Lawrence to write the jokes for Bill to make him look good? I have had a look at his speech the last couple of years, just off the record. But um, it's meant to be behind closed doors. Some journo has taped the Prime Minister impersonating Trump and then sent it to Laurie Oakes. Now, Laurie Oakes, a bit of a spoil sport here. Mm. He said, you know, journalists aren't meant to report on this, uh, but I wasn't invited. And so I can report on it. And he wasn't invited because, from my sources... (laughs) He's a... not really loved. No, okay. Because he dumped a bucket on on Gareth Evans and, yes. and Cheryl Kerno. Yes, and traditionally yes. in Canberra, all the sex stories are yep. completely off kept limits. Off I mean, limits. You can do, because you... everyone's having sex yeah. with everyone. Just, just <laughs> it's a, it's you know, they, you know allegedly. What they call it? No, you know what they call no, it's it. It's a free for all. We call it no, Canberra. It, you know, we call it Canberra. You know what they call it in Parliament House? Pound Town. It's disgusting. Yes. 
It's disgusting. Yeah. Those people are elitist. The lower pound house and the upper pound you know house. Oh. The politicians. Oh, the upper house, not the lower. They were, you know, they were kind of nerdy people who all of a sudden got some power, and there's yeah. just they're in Canberra, and there's lots of journalists and lots of politicians, and they've got wants and desires well, and needs we've, emerges. We've got the audio. Well, anyway, okay, so this, to, yeah, this is Malcolm, Malcolm Turnbull, Turnbull impersonating Donald Trump. Donald and I, we are winning and winning in the polls. We are winning so much. We are winning like we have never won before. We are winning in the polls. Not the fake polls. They're the ones we're not winning in. We're winning in the real polls. You know, the online polls. They are so easy to win. Did you know that? I know that. Did you know that? I kind of know that. I know that. They are so easy to win. I have this Russian guy. See, if he did a little bit more of that gear, for real, he'd be a lot more popular. Total props to Malcolm Turnbull today. Hat off, on bended knee, well done. First of all, yeah. hilarious. Yeah, well done. Not a really great impersonation of Trump, but we got exactly what you're saying when he goes, do you know that? I know that. You know, I got this Russian guy. He was just taking the, the piss beautifully. And that's the and thing. It, it, it opens him up to Australians. I think oh. it was a great move from him. He's probably, his people probably leaked it. They've gone, oh my God, Malcolm looks like a human. Oh, leak it. <laughs> Do you know what? Malcolm also sounds like he's really enjoying himself. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, one and a half Chardonnays in there. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he feels, he sounds loose. Yeah. He sounds like fun. Yeah. He's having a great time. You know what he's done, though? He's brought his own bottle in a little hip flask and he's oh, poured absolutely. it in. He's not drinking that shit they serve up no, there. No, it's an absolute Chenin Blanc or a Chablis. Oh, something yeah. dirty. And it's Nothing locally grown. No, it's not some cheap, <laughs> tazzy, bloody savvy. Get out of town. <laughs> You heard me just lose my nut about um, energy bills mm, going up. I heard you. Twenty percent. Got pretty. I got. I, well, twenty percent is a lot. It's a fifth. You know, very rarely does any price That's go it. up like that. That's it. Like you never, you never seen it. They go, it's going to be a price hike, and then all of a sudden, it's twenty percent. Like you know, sometimes you might see an increase in you know mortgage fees or something like that, and that affects all of us as well. And it's incremental, it's small, but twenty percent is a massive wedge. And it's a very rounded number too, which makes me suspicious. You know, it's not yeah. like, oh, we've had to increase it by 17% to keep up with industry standards, yada, yada, yada. Oh, 20%. Oh, it's just 20. That sounds like a nice round. Oh, I'm getting angry. You know? Are you calling <laughs> Are you calling for a power bill strike? I would do it. I You're swear calling to God. the people of Sydney, let's hit the streets and refuse to pay for the power. It's not fair. This is right around the country. We've been let down by government. We've or been let down by the energy power company providers. one of the, our sponsors? And I won't ever say that again. <laughs> uh, frankly, <laughs> I, I don't care. I think it hurts Australians. Tomorrow, uh, sales will come and go, so, AGL signed on. And tomorrow you'll be going, AGL's a company that provides Australia with power. We're in this together. <laughs> They'll make me do that. You know, they that's will. what's going to happen. They, tomorrow, AGL tomorrow. are going to sign on tonight for so much. <laughs> I still won't be able to pay my bills with it. Uh, five o'clock tomorrow, I've decided we're going to talk about this. We're going to find out solar alternatives. We're going to talk about um, industry stands and we'll talk about the government and what they're doing. We've had a whole lot of people call through just a moment ago who Angry wanted to voice it. Yeah, because people, every person, everyone who's listening, your bill's going up 20%, right? It's not a small minority. All of us, we're all going to cop it in the neck again after already increased. As I said, it's already doubled since the, the time of the carbon pricing.
And for people, you know, who are one paycheck away from going bust, yeah, that's a lot of money. Small people businesses. People who from paycheck to paycheck. Small it's businesses. A lot. Yeah. So you're going to pay 20% at home. Okay. So maybe you can, you know, reduce your energy costs at home. But what about an established business where you, that's just how much power you need to do to operate? That's just, you need that amount of, of energy. If that's, this goes that's going on, to put people to the wall. This, I'm going to end up drinking out of casks, and that's you know. You or know, worse, Lawrence, you're, you're going to have to you're going to have to catch the bus to work. We know how you feel about people who catch buses. I won't be doing that. <laughs> I won't be catching the bus. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's have a change of tactics. Because if do... I get on a bus, everyone on that bus will bash me. Yes, because you, because you've described. Oh, so we're failed DNA, are we? Mate? <laughs> that's right. That's when you've caught people, <laughs> failed a busload of failed DNAs. Buses, one set of people who won't be able to pay this uh, increase cost, Mets, mm. Channel 10. Absolutely. Channel 10 oh, won't be able to afford the power bill. Uh, we talked yesterday briefly about uh, Channel 10's survival plan, and we came up with some very mm. inventive ideas um, to combine some some of the hits, some of the favourites that we've seen on Channel 10 and reinvigorate the brand by bringing back those television shows that we love and maybe combine them in a mm. kind of a modern pastiche with uh, with new products as well. Mm. Yeah, I've uh, I've got one for you, Mez. Yeah, um, sure. Here you go, go, Lawrence. Coming soon to 10. Oh, I like that. Aerobics Oz style. Oh, I remember that. Mm. What own. a great show. Oh. I spent so many... So many, so many mornings. So many unemployed hours <laughs> In just front watching. of Aerobics Ozstyle. Aerobics Ozstyle returns with one of the most popular um, comedies of all time, MASH, featuring a bunch of women doing aerobics just covered in mashed potato. <laughs> <laughs> Any time of the day that's broadcastable. Um I've got another. Or, or I'm throwing mashed potato at them. I haven't really decided. <laughs> nah, yet. Well, it's you know, just a pitch meeting. Yep. Um, <laughs> okay. But they're, <laughs> they're naked. <laughs> okay. Bondi Rescue and Secret Life of Us, and it's just six blokes in speedos trying to give Claudia Carvin CPR when she hasn't even entered the water. Are you right, mate? Come on, mate. Deb Mailman's over there and she's pretty upset. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've got another. I've got a whole list of them, by the way. Keep going. Coming soon to 10. The Bachelor and Harry's practice. Harry works on an overactive (laughs) anal gland and then has to put them to sleep. (laughs) Do you know what? I used to think. I mean, dead. When it was. uh, it was called. It was called Harry's practice. Yeah. I used to think his name was Doctor Doctor Harry. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but Doctor, I thought it was Doctor Harry practice. What? Harry practice. That's what I thought his surname was. I thought his surname was practice. <laughs> Doctor Harry practice. Oh yeah. Excuse me, Doctor Practice. It's not not his name. Okay, here's another one, another combo. <clears throat> mornings with Bert. Remember Mornings oh, yeah. with Bert? Yeah. Yep. Or GMA, Good Morning yep. Australia. Combined with Family Feud. Maddie's at it again. <laughs> Which oh, family's he punching to? And on that note, no, I've got more. I've got oh, a whole lot of time. I've worked so hard on these today. Maddie. I ruined it by talking about freaking energy bills. What a douchebag. Thank you for visiting Merrickville.
Please sign the visitor's book at Marrickville FM on Facebook or Twitter and tell us about your stay. We might have taken that metaphor too far.